It's time for episode 214 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, November 8th, 2017. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast that has one face, two hands, and a heart. I'm your co-host, Dan Morin, and I am joined across the internet by my co-host, Mr. Micah Sargent. Hi, Micah. How you doing today? I'm doing well, Dan. I'm taking very good care of my half of the heart that we share, and I hope that you're doing the same. Uh, it's probably a bad time to tell you about all the candy I ate for Halloween last week, huh? <laughs> no! I knew I was feeling <laughs> sorry, sluggish lately. Sorry. Sorry. My bad. Uh, this is the Tech Podcast, where we talk with two fantastic guests. To my left this week, it is... I, I don't know what his actual title is, so I'm just going to tell you the things that are important. He's my co-host from The Rebound <laughs> and my former colleague at Macworld, and he does something with podcasts and ads, but that's not really that important. It's Lex Friedman. Hi, Lex. Hi, Dan. It's great to be on a podcast with you for once. I know. It's, it's a nice change of pace. <laughs> yes. And to my left is Caitlin McGarry, senior writer at Tom's Guide and presumably Dan's former colleague at <laughs> Macworld. Yes, hello. Hello. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, I'm going to kick things off with our first topic. Uh, Apple Pay Cash is in beta this week in the forthcoming iOS 11.2. Uh, my question for you more generally is, how do you exchange money online? What services do you use? Do you use one service? Do you use a bunch of different services? And when it comes to something like Apple Pay Cash, is there room for another service in your lineup? Or is this just sort of a, a too late attempt to... I don't know. Can I call it a cash grab? Is that a little too on the nose? <laughs> oh. oh, sorry. Lex, fill me in. So for a while, I was a square cash person, but now every transaction I do that's shuffling money between friends uh, is Venmo. Uh, for a long time, the vast majority of my Venmo usage was my wife saying, hey, can you Venmo this person for this thing? Whether it was a family member or somebody from school or whatever it was, because she didn't have a Venmo account. I finally insisted she get her own Venmo account because I was tired of being her money sender and receiver. And she instead just added the Venmo app to her phone and logged into my account. So I haven't broken the <laughs> habit of telling her, like whenever I get the notification from Venmo that so-and-so paid us for some class gift, even though she now also has the app and also gets the notification. So I'm just telling her Venmo notifications she already has. I would say, yes, I have room in my heart and wallet for uh, Apple Pay Cash because I don't love using the Venmo app in large part because in, in addition to notifying both me and my wife, um, I I probably could fix this with like one minute of settings exploration, but I get a text notification, an email, and a push <laughs> notification anytime I send or receive Venmo money. And I feel like Apple won't do that to me. So... I think that's by, why I'm open. By to the it. way, I think the word you were looking for there was laundering. You're laundering money yes. for her. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is correct. Uh, when I launder money, I like to use Square Cash. Um, that's the one that I've stuck with the most. It's uh, I like the fact that it has a physical card that you can get. Um, in fact, I've never gotten so many questions about a uh, debit card before than I have whenever I whip out that Square Cash card. Um, but I like how how quick it is. I like that they, and I think many others have have hopped on this little um, track. But the the fact that you can send the money to your account instantly for a small percentage, or you know, wait a day or whatever it is. Um, that said, uh, I think that 
Apple has made it pretty easy to sign up with Apple Pay Cash. And so because of the fact that it's tied to your, your you know, it's built in more than any other thing, uh, it's going to be a lot easier, I think, for everyday people to, you know, get this set up and, and, and use it, which means that I'll be able to, you know, send my uh, family members money for, you know, birthdays or whatever, um, maybe without having to worry about uh, figuring out what, what payment platforms they have and how to sign up for those, because it ends up being like, let's go through this tutorial about how to sign up for this thing. And then talk to me in a week whenever it deposits to your bank and you have to confirm. Uh, this seems to be a lot simpler than that. Uh, so I think that I will definitely be making use of this and it may very well replace my Square Cash uh, part of my heart. We'll see, though. Um, yeah, so I use Venmo um, because that's what all my friends use. And I like it. It's easy enough. Um, I'm sort of in the reverse boat as Lex in that my husband uh, refuses to use any any of the apps. <laughs> so I'm in charge of all of our money transfers. Um, and Love yeah, it. I get a lot of notifications about them, which is um, uh, a lot to deal with. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's easy. It's fine. Um, I actually just uh, installed the iOS 11.2 public beta, which is what um, the, the Apple Pay Cash uh, feature is included in, and it's really easy to set up, and it seems like it might be more convenient than Venmo because um, you can automatically use the money that goes into Apple Pay Cash. You don't have to wait to transfer it to a bank account. So um, any place that takes Apple Pay, you'll be able to just use this uh, essential, essentially an Apple Pay Cash debit card. Um, so it seems like that might be easier I like that Venmo is, you know, cross-platform, so, you know, any friend, whether they're using Android or iOS, can send me money, but um, in terms of family members who I can't seem to convince to use Venmo, this this might be easier for them to figure out, um, but we'll, we'll see. I think I'll be using both probably for a while. Yeah, I, I'm using, I mainly use Square Cash. Uh, I do use PayPal still to send money back and forth. I know it feels so archaic now. Uh, Venmo and I have a long running feud, which they're probably not aware of, uh, where they're holding some like $25 that I can't get out of them because they froze in my account and I won't send them my driver's <laughs> So we're at a real impasse there. Um, <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I like the idea of Apple Pay Cash. My biggest concern, of course, being that it's not cross-platform. And so that's fine for all, you know, uh, the majority of people I know seem to be on on iOS devices. And that works pretty well in those cases. But for those who aren't, I guess I'll still have to fall back to uh, PayPal or Square Cash. But the, the answer is, in the end of the day, it's going to be whichever thing is most convenient. And I think Apple's got a good chance to make a play there. Uh, and it can still be more convenient, as uh, Micah, I think, was saying before, waiting all that, you know, to for those uh, transfers and withdrawals and everything to go through is kind of a pain. So uh, it seems like there's room for improvement. Thanks for your thoughts on that. Let's go to topic number two, which comes from Lex. I just wanted to add on that I hope you guys all realize that Venmo is owned by PayPal. So it's really all the same thing. And I updated my notifications just now <laughs> while Dan was talking. So, so it is it is easy. Push notifications okay. only from this point on. Good use of time. Thanks, Lex. <laughs> I, I, so earlier this week, I, was, I, I have an iPhone 10. I love it. I'm a big fan. And earlier this week, I was complaining on Twitter, as I do, 
that I, as I was fearful of before I got the phone, that control center is a little too far away. You have to go up to that top right corner and drag down to get it. And I, I would rather it be triggerable from the bottom the same way there's a customizable reachability gesture down there. Instead of reachability, I want to use a, a swipe down to get notification center. When I tweeted about this, uh, I had several people write back to me saying what they had done was set up assistive touch on their iPhone 10s, iPhones 10, to uh, add a little button that's barely visible at the bottom right corner that when tapped or when double tapped triggers control center. And I thought that was clever, although I haven't done it myself. All that lead in to ask you this, what's a hacky workaround you use to make your computing or iOS life better? Some kind of hacky trick that you do to, to work around a default behavior. My hacky trick, uh, if you go to general, you go to accessibility, you go to display accommodations, and you go down to reduce white point, um, what that will essentially do is let you make the, uh, the, 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 the lowest value for brightness even lower. So, you know, normally you can adjust your screen up to make it super bright or adjust it down to make it super dark. If you'd like for it to get even darker, if you feel like, uh, you know, you're in a situation where you're not trying to disturb anybody uh, with a bright screen, you can darken it by uh, between zero and 100% uh, to, to make things even darker. So it's sort of like, they took the slider and extended it by a whole nother brightness slider, uh, which I quite like if I ever need to adjust down even more. So general accessibility, display accommodations, reduce white point. If anyone out there is looking to make their dim display even dimmer in certain situations. Okay, this is crazy because I'm I'm just taking notes on this section, I have to admit. Um, I did not know about that tip and I'm using it right now. Um, yeah. So I am basically constantly testing various devices. I have three iPhones right now, a seven plus an eight and a 10, two MacBooks. It's ridiculous. So basically I just use the default setting. So I don't have to constantly be changing things back and forth. Um, because only one of those devices is actually mine. Um, but yeah, I need to make life easier for myself. So I'm just sitting here scribbling things down. And um, yeah, the brightness is, is, is about to change. Thank you. That's, that's a great tip. <laughs> <laughs> great. Okay. great. Um, oh, man, this is one of those things where it's like, you know, an hour after the show, I'm going to be like, ah, why didn't I mention that thing? Uh, and of course, because I'm like scrambling to try and figure out like, what is the thing that I use? Um, <laughs> and uh the i mean i've got a variety of little tricks that i use for certain things i think the the biggest thing that sort of keeps me sane these days is i still use wired headphones for my iphone uh so of course they've got i know crazy um obviously since the iphone 7 they got rid of the headphone jack so you've got a little dongle that you have to carry around with you (laughs) and that ends up being kind of a pain and of course if you lose that you are in a bit of trouble because you can't plug your headphone jack into the lighting port um, and so maybe this is like super dumb tip, but I just always keep my headphones like the end of them plugged into that, that lightning thing. Uh, mm-hmm. and when I have to plug in my, uh, headphones, I make sure to keep the lightning part of the dongle plugged into the phone. Otherwise, again, it's really easy to yes, lose. I've lost two of them. Um, so I wish they, <laughs> See? yeah, there you go. There, there's my Mine pro tip, my I guess. Yeah. Really lost. smart. <laughs> 
Fortunately, you keep buying new phones. Yes, we keep exactly. sending you new ones. Um, that's right. That, that's my other tip. Spend $1,000 and you get another dongle. $1,000. So this is unbelievable because one of the two that I was debating between, and I'm going to mention them both because I'll go quick, is very similar to what Mike is doing, accomplishing something similar in a different way. So I also have custom darkness, brightness levels on my phone, but I do it by settings, general accessibility, zoom. And under settings, general accessibility, zoom, you can uh, choose what your zoom filter is and i choose low light then elsewhere under accessibility you can choose um what your uh your shortcut is and my shortcut for the on the old phones on every phone that's not the iphone 10 it's the triple click on the home button on the iphone 10 it's a triple click on the sleep wake button automatically turns on my uh display adaptation which in this case is adjusting brightness so if i triple click the home button suddenly my phone can go considerably darker than it can otherwise and so every night when i'm using my phone uh in bed i triple click it so it's dark so that when i wake up again it's still dark and then when i'm ready to like be in light places i triple click again and now it's back to regular brightness so that's fascinating that we came with the same thing in two different places um the other one is i I, dan and i were just talking about this on the rebound earlier this week plug and we um I am so tired of my iPhone or iOS devices correcting correct words Mm. to non-existent things or just being like totally cool with ST as a word, which it's mostly not. Um, So I started every time I encountered an iOS annoyance where it just was leaving typos or correcting two typos, I added those to keyboard replacement shortcuts. So now if I type ST, my phone says at and uh, other annoying things that it'd like to keep it now automatically autocorrects to correct spellings and it's making me very happy it's it's changed my ios typing life for real well that's two topics down it's halftime here at clockwise and this week's episode of clockwise is brought to you by ministry of supply ministry of supply creates radically engineered dress clothes that synchronize with your body born from mit they realize you can look good and feel good every garment is built to stretch breathe and regulate your body temperature and everything they design is machine washable and wrinkle resistant to make sure that you always look your freshest the apollo 3 dress shirt is just one of their awesome items of clothing it's made from a hyper breathable knit fabric that's borrowed material from the lining of spacesuits to help manage temperature but maybe you want something for a more casual occasion you could go for the easier than silk tee which mirrors the drape and touch of silk without any of the hassle And Ministry of Supply keeps adding to their collections. The new Momentum Chino is constructed with hollow core polyester to regulate heat. Think of it like a built-in thermostat for you. You can get 15% off your first purchase at www.ministryofsupply.com slash clockwise. Or you can pop into a physical store and mention clockwise at any of their nine locations around the United States, including Boston, Chicago, New York, and San Francisco. Ministry of Supply. Dress smarter. Work smarter. We thank Ministry of Supply for their support of Clockwise and all of Relay FM. Halftime is over. Let's go to topic number three from my co-host, Micah. Hello. Okay, I want to know. Snapchat lost a ton of money on its uh, its spectacles. Those were these glasses that had a little camera built in that would take... Uh, basically circular video that looked really cool in Snapchat, but was just a circle if you posted it anywhere else. Uh, Google Glass was obviously not very successful. Uh, they, you know, tried to bring it back in in certain industries, but overall, it was it was a big flop. So I'm just curious. You know, we've seen these these products that are supposed to go on your face. Uh, not do too well. And I want to know, can a face wearable be successful? Do you think there will come a time when finally we're ready to wear uh, 
things on our face that we carry around places that have technology built in. Caitlin, we'll start with you. I think there's potential for success. I think the main drawback so far has been um, anything that records video sort of surreptitiously, people are just going to be skeptical of. So, you know, that's what Google Glass did. um, That's what Spectacles did. And for Spectacles, that was basically its only functionality. So I, I, you know, I can't imagine that Snapchat thought that that was going to be a huge uh, revenue generator. It only had one function. Um, But I think people are just creeped out by any wearable on your face that can record video of people without them knowing. Um, I think we'll see some more some more applications that are actually useful. So I think in, you know, medical settings or educational settings, I think that's where we'll start to see some, um, some, some potential, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure yet. I don't think we've seen the right product yet. I agree. We haven't seen the right product yet, but I do believe it's possible. Uh, I think people, Google is a company that often tries to push the envelope in terms of what people you know, can do what you can do with technology, but I don't think they're great necessarily of thinking through all the ramifications. Like Caitlin said, the idea of having things with cameras and live video on them definitely is going to freak some people out. Um, and so I think the question is, you know, what both, what is the device capable of? And to a certain extent, what are the aesthetics like? Because, you know, you have an Apple watch on your wrist it's not like it's staring people in the face all the time. But anything that you're wearing on your face is going to be visible. It's going to say something about your style. It's going to you know, have an aesthetic impact. And so people don't want to look dumb. And so making a device that looks good is a huge part of the challenge. And right now, a lot of the technology in order to make it look not like it's a giant bulky thing that you're wearing on the face just isn't, isn't there yet. And I think the spectacles as... Um, creepy and perhaps uh, unfortunate as they were, I think they did a better job of dealing with the design angle than a lot of previous wearables. But in that case, I think it was just limited by it's essentially a device for one thing. And that thing is the most creepy thing that you could choose for a wearable (laughs) device. So maybe reconsider that next time. Well, I mean, Apple's approach to wearables thus far has been, let's let you customize these as much as we can handle, right? Like it's going to be, you choose your watch band and material, whatever else, and they have more and more options. Um, I think that if you can get wearable face technology to work with any face worn thing, any pair of glasses or sunglasses or whatever else, that's going to be the first help. Cause I think there is a major fashion element that people don't want it to be necessarily obvious that they're wearing the thing in the first place. Um, they don't want to look like dorks. <laughs> um, but I would really, I, I happen to be wearing glasses today, but I almost never wear glasses. I always wear contacts. I am very intrigued by a contact lens based wearable. I don't know how they could do it, but I believe that they can one day. And that's the wearable that I will first be interested in. I want one that's directly against my eyeball. <laughs> Because I have problems. That's Just so creepy, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Lex, I'm right there with you. I uh, I appreciate everyone's answers. I think that uh, you're you're on you're on on track there. We'll see for sure. But uh, I I just I think that it's still a very strange uh, thing, <laughs> and I don't know that we are ready for it yet. Um, I have spectacles, um, both actual glasses and also Snapchat's spectacles. Um, And I think they're fun, they're silly, and they're good for very particular things like whenever we go to huge uh, 
trade shows and things like that, but I don't use them day to day because I don't, there's just no reason to. Um, it's, it's still very odd, but, um, you know, maybe there will be a company that comes along and has a very awesome value prop that makes me need to have something on my face and makes me need to look silly because I want to have whatever product it happens to be. I'm still a little weird about wearing AirPods out into public, so who knows? Um, but thank you all for your answers. And Caitlin, let's hear from you. Well, that leads me into my question, which is um, a new report about uh, Apple's rumored augmented reality headset, um, which uh, some say could be a pair of glasses. It's hard to it's hard to tell, and Apple, of course, isn't saying anything about it, so um, we're just speculating. But I I think that'll be a few years off. But um, AR Kit is here now, and it turns any iPhone basically into um, you know, a platform for augmented reality. So I was wondering if you guys had used any really amazing AR kit apps yet, or um, if you think that there is a killer augmented reality app yet. Uh, I've used a few. Uh, the ones that I've mainly played around with are the ones that let you do like measuring and spatial recognition. So measure kit, uh, tap measure, magic plan. Um, they're pretty cool. It is interesting to be able to like point at something and just be like, oh, how long is that? It's this long. But that also seems kind of cumbersome because you could just, you know, get a ruler or a tape measure. Um, so I'm, I don't, I'm not sure that there's a killer app yet. I think a lot of the things in this department are hampered by the fact that you need to hold your phone while doing it. And I think that's one strong argument for where a wearable device could come in is that it would leave your hands free to do other things, in, including perhaps manipulating those those virtual elements in some way. Um, so I, I'm not sure that AR is there yet, but it, the technology is incredibly impressive, uh, especially built into a device as small as a phone. And I'm curious to see what else developers do with it. And of course, I would be remiss for not mentioning mentioning our uh, our friend of the show and frequent guest James Thompson uh, and PCalc, which has is a calculator. Yes, I realize, but has a lot of wacky <laughs> AR functions built into it because James really can't help himself. So check that out. <laughs> um, I don't understand it. I this this is one of the things where I know I'm going to be the 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 person who has to come kicking and screaming i don't understand the appeal of ar kit exactly i love james thompson i even love pcalc and that's the only like recent use of any kind of ar kit focused app that i have tried and i think that what he has done is fun um but for me it worked for like a couple of seconds and then i was just very done every time apple has done a demo on stage you're like look we can point the phone at the table and then this world is developing on the table why like the the room has nothing to do with it. I don't understand what's happening. It's some something that's happening in this whole genre of technology is lost on me because like the table is totally irrelevant. Like they could do it. Anyway. It could just be. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I'm not ready. I feel like I'm from the 1800s right now. I don't get what the appeal is, and I'm an idiot, and I will not wear AR glasses. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. Somebody wow. had to say it. <laughs> I have been enjoying using a couple different apps. I listen, I am not a big game gamer, game person, game anything really. I don't I don't Are ever you a game keep boy? <laughs> I'm a game boy, y'all. I'm a game boy. Um I don't keep games on my phone. I don't play games on consoles. I I really don't. But that said, I now do have uh, a couple games on my phone that occasionally I will open and play because uh there's one called Arise, but it's uh, with a capital A and a capital R. Huh, clever. Um, and it's this little 
character that you have to sort of uh it's like a puzzle game and you have to get the character through the different parts of the 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 stage and you have to move around uh the room to kind of uh position the character in the it, it's it's hard to explain but basically you're moving around the the space and you're like crouching down and you're looking around and you have to like look over the top of the map and below the map and all these different ways to keep the character moving to its goal and that's been a lot of fun a it's getting me up and moving instead of sitting in my office chair for too many hours a day um but b it's just a nice change of 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 pace rather than again sitting and and tapping on a screen it's all about the movement and so in that way i see the the value of you know having something out on a table and being able to play with it there i will stop talking now <laughs> um yeah i agree with you guys there's nothing that i've used yet that i feel like i need to go back to um some of the games are interesting, but like Lex was saying, it's like, what does the table have to do with it? Um, I did see, uh, I think it was a medical app. It was a, it put like a beating heart in front of you so you could walk around it and, and actually look at it, um, which was really neat. And so I, I think, I think, you know, for, um, educational purposes, like being able to show kids, like, here's this heart and here are all the parts to it. Um, I think, that's really useful. But yeah, I, I don't think it's quite there yet, but it's brand new. We'll see what happens. All right. That is four topics down. I'm sure we have just enough time for a bonus topic, but this week's bonus topic is brought to you by one of our fine sponsors, Micah, who is bringing us the bonus topic this week. Hey, our bonus topic is brought to you all by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. So Eero has the dream Wi-Fi setup. It's a fast, reliable connection that's throughout your house and can even get to your backyard for your backyard parties and barbecues. And now is the best time to get on board with Eero because they've just released their new super slick second generation devices. See, Eero has a tri-band second generation model along with Eero Beacon, which allows you to build a Wi-Fi system that's perfectly tailored to your home. So what's in this new second generation Eero? Well, three 5 gigahertz radios, so that means it's twice as fast as it was before. You do more than ever. You can blanket your entire home in fast, reliable Wi-Fi. It sits flat on any surface. You just plug it in. Surface, not service. You just plug it into any wall with the power adapter, and you're connected with Ethernet or wirelessly. The new Eero also includes a thread radio, which lets you connect to low-power devices such as locks, doorbells, and more. It's allegedly the future of home automation. Eero is introducing the new Eero Beacon as well. You just plug it into a wall and it expands your coverage into any room. And guess what? You can add as many Eero Beacons as you want as long as you have that main Eero device. The app lets you manage your network from the palm of your hand and you can easily create and share a guest network too. And Eero's customer support is amazing. You can call and get a hold of a Wi-Fi expert in just 30 seconds. That is awesome. Less than a minute. Now, I love my Eero setup. I've got uh, the main Eero device and two Eero beacons. And my favorite thing about the Eero beacons is, one, there's no cord to worry about. But two, it comes with a built-in nightlight that has an ambient light sensor. So that means even though I'm losing, you know, one plug on the wall, I get... A, Wi-Fi throughout that entire room and more. 
Plus, I get a little night light, so the lights go off in the house, and I can still see and not stub my toe. So thanks, Eero, for keeping my toe safe. And also, for making my internet super friggin' fast. I love it. The new Eero system starts at $3.99 for one second generation Eero and two beacons. That's the setup that I have. And honestly, that's everything you need to get started. So listeners of the show can get free overnight shipping to the U.S. or Canada when you head to Eero.com and use the promo code CLOCKWISE. That's Eero.com with the promo code CLOCKWISE for free overnight shipping, which is pretty cool because it's about just as fast as their Wi-Fi is. We thank you, Eero, for your support of this show. Dan, let's hear that bonus question. All right, folks, what is your guilty snack pleasure, the thing that you probably shouldn't keep in the house? Because if you do, you'll eat it all. Lex? I have an infinite list of answers to this question, but any chip that is ruffled, <laughs> Chex Mix, Party Mix, uh, anything salty or oniony or ranchy, I'm going to be there for all of those things. The worst thing, which I don't know if you count as a snack food or not, because I will eat it all anytime we have it, is chocolate peanut butter ice cream. Yum. Uh, anyone who's ever followed me on Twitter probably knows that I have a stupid, stupid habit uh, for eating Red Hots, also known as Cinnamon Imperials. Don't buy me Red Hots, but please do buy me Red Hots. No, I'm so <laughs> conflicted. Well, my uh, favorite guilty snack pleasure is um, those peanut butter filled pretzels. They used to stock them in my my old office, and that was really problematic because it's like, how many is too many? They're so small. Like, I don't know. And you don't really get a sugar crash from them because they're totally salty. But it's a problem. For me, it's anything, basically anything with either like carbs or chocolate. So like cookies is probably literally the worst thing in the world to have in my house, which is why I try not to keep any in the house. We've reached the end of the show. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests. Lex Friedman, thank you so much for being here. Always a pleasure. Most of the time. <laughs> and, and Caitlin McGarry, thank you so much for being here. And thank you guys for having me. And Micah, we've done it once again. Now I'm going to go eat lunch and try not to eat any snacks. Uh, uh, my mom is visiting and she brought me red hot, so I'm probably just going to oh, finish that well, bag today. It was it was nice knowing you. We'll find a new co-host for next week. It'll be great. <laughs> thank you. Good a good idea. Uh, and until next week, we remind you: watch what you say and keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.